When you go into many places of business nowadays, what are you likely to see? You'll see a notice that says, now hiring, starting wages up to X amount per, per, per hour. Now, you may not see those signs everywhere, and you have to wonder, are we really that short on workers? Some say, yes, we are, especially those businesses that are advertising, but others say that those in the job market are simply getting pickier about the jobs that they want to take. They want more pay, they want better benefits, and so they're, they're more likely to turn down jobs that don't meet their high expectations. Now, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison if we think about workers in the U.S. job market and the workers that Jesus talks about in the Gospel reading for today. Jesus doesn't offer competitive pay and a 401k plan, and he's not likely to downsize anyone out of a job anytime soon. But listen again to what Jesus says about these workers in the gospel reading. We'll consider the entire gospel reading for today, but listen again to verses 37 and 38 of chapter 9 of Matthew. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Jesus tells his disciples to pray, and to pray for something very specific, to pray for workers. And we'll see as we go through this gospel passage that Jesus actually answers his own prayer. As we work through this passage and see how that is the case, we're, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the why, the what, and the how. First off, why did Jesus ask his followers to pray for workers in the first place? Matthew says in verse 36, When Jesus saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them because they were troubled and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Now this was not something uncommon for Jesus to feel compassion for people. Sometimes he felt compassion for individuals. Think about when he was entering into that town of Nain and coming out of town was being carried this young man who had died and his mother was right there, his mother a widow. And it says that Jesus felt compassion for her. And so what did he do? He raised the young man from the dead and gave him back to his mother. There were times that Jesus felt compassion for a few people, several people. Think about when he went to Bethany because Lazarus was dead. Mary and Martha were there mourning their brother and, and other mourners. And Jesus was moved with compassion so much so that he actually cried. He wept. And then, of course, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then there were other times where, as in this passage before us, that Jesus saw crowds coming to him, and he felt compassion for them. And when Jesus saw these crowds, it says that he saw them as 
lost sheep. Sheep without a shepherd. Now why? Why did Jesus feel compassion? Well, really it was tied to the reason as to why Jesus came to this earth in the first place. Jesus came because he wanted to help people. Ever since the fall into sin, we have been plagued with various ailments. Sometimes, sometimes minor annoyances, sometimes major illnesses. And Jesus came to heal people of those ailments. As Matthew said, Jesus was healing every disease and every sickness. And we have various accounts of Jesus doing such miracles throughout the Gospels. And Jesus still helps us today with our physical problems. He may not take away all of our physical ailments, especially as we want him to, but he still provides healing according to his will. But the main ailment that Jesus came to heal was our spiritual ailment, our spiritual sickness, the deadness that we have within us, the deadness because of our sin. It's something that, that we're born with. Everyone is born with this spiritual deadness. And because of that, we are headed for hell. But Jesus doesn't want that. He feels compassion for us, and so he came to this earth to heal us of that spiritual ailment. Thus his compassion, his taking deep pity on us and coming to this earth to do everything necessary so that we would be saved, so that we would be saved eternally. As Jesus said, he came to seek and to save the lost. That's us, the lost. And the fact that we are lost is why Jesus came, why he came and had compassion on us. So really, that's the why of Jesus asking us to pray this prayer, his compassion. The what of Jesus' prayer, he states pretty clearly. He says, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest. Note that Jesus had described his harvest as plentiful. Now maybe we have a hard time seeing that. I mean, here we sit in church every Sunday surrounded by people who are believers just like us. Maybe we even expand that thought and, and think about our church body, our synod, some 16,000 people strong. Maybe we expand that thought and, and think about the CELC, the International Fellowship of Churches, the 33 other church bodies with whom we're in fellowship. Or maybe we think about how many Christians there are in this country. Ostensibly, there are 63% of Americans who say that they're Christian, about 210 million people. But if we consider the population of the entire world, 7.9 billion people about, and we look at the percentage of Christians, is that number as high? Well, supposedly there are 31% of, of the world's population that say that they are Christians. That's, that means that there are about 5.5 billion people in the world who are not, who say they are not Christian. That seems like a very plentiful harvest. 
Two things to take note of here. First off, not everyone who is counted as a Christian is necessarily a Christian. Someone might say that they are, but do they really believe in Jesus? Do they trust in him for their eternal salvation? And secondly, and this is actually the most important, note that Jesus is talking about the harvest. He's not just talking about people who are not Christian because not everyone who is not a Christian will become a Christian at some point. Jesus really is talking about those who have been chosen, those who from eternity were elected to be believers, to be followers of Jesus. We don't know who those people are. Jesus does. But these are the ones who definitely need to hear the word, the ones who need to hear the good news of Jesus so that they can be brought to believe in him as their savior. And because there are people who need to hear about Jesus, Jesus says that we need to pray for workers to go out and bring that message to them. That's how people come to believe in Jesus is through that message. We know Paul's words in Romans that says that faith comes through hearing the message and hearing the message comes through the word of Christ. That's how it happened with you, right? That, that you heard that message. Maybe you don't remember it. Maybe it was when you were baptized. When you were baptized and that word, God's word, connected with the water, washed away all of your sins. Or maybe it was when you were older, when you were brought to believe after hearing that word of Christ, that message of his forgiveness. Either way, it's the word, the Holy Spirit working through that word that brought you to faith. And that's what is the case for anyone who is brought to faith. It is always through God's word. And who is it who speaks that word? Who tells others the good news of salvation through Jesus? Well, here we might think specifically of pastors and teachers, other called workers who speak God's word, who bring that good news of salvation through Jesus. Right before Paul talks about the faith coming through the message of Christ, he says that faith comes I'm sorry, how can they believe in the one about whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And you know how that works. For example, you called me, a pastor, a preacher, to do what? To preach the gospel, to come here and preach God's word to you, to bring you the gospel in word and in sacraments. And sometimes we pastors are, are called to do that in other places. Sometimes we are called to go and, and start new churches or, or take the word to some place where it hasn't been heard before. Of course, it's not just pastors and teachers called workers who speak God's word so that others hear about Jesus. Every Christian, every one of you, is asked to tell others that word. You do that already. You do that at home. 
as you share the word, as you study the word together with, with your spouse, with your family. You do that with a friend when you offer some word of comfort from God's word when they're going through a difficult time, maybe when they've lost someone close to them. You do that with your neighbor when your neighbor asks you how you can be so positive, have such a positive attitude when we're surrounded by so much negativity. So when Jesus says to pray for workers, that involves you. You pray for workers. Pray that God would motivate people to be pastors and teachers and, and missionaries. And pray that Jesus would continue to give you opportunities to share his word with others. So that's the what, the what of Jesus' prayer, to send out workers into his harvest field. So now we're down to the how. How is it that Jesus answered this prayer that he tells us to preach? Well, he sent the 12 apostles out. Now it's a little unclear from the gospel reading whether or not Jesus did this right after he told the disciples to pray for workers. But that's how Matthew records it, so we're going to go with that. I'm going to guess that the 12 may have been a little surprised. Jesus tells them, pray for workers, that they would go out. And then what does he do? He takes those 12 men and he sends them out to do that work. But this is part of Jesus answering his own prayer. And, and what amazing work he told them to do. He does give one qualification. He, he says this, Do not go among the Gentiles. Go instead to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now we know Jesus obviously was not playing favorites. He wasn't excluding everyone else and saying that they are not worthy of hearing the message. But when we look through the Old Testament, the history of God's people in the Old Testament, the promise, the promise of a Savior was coming through them. And so God preserved his people. He protected his people so that the Messiah eventually would come through them. And so it was only fitting that when the Messiah came, when Jesus came, that his arrival, his message would be announced to the Jews first, to the people of Israel. And then after Jesus died and rose and ascended, well then, then the message would go out to everyone. And notice the main message that the twelve were to preach. The kingdom of heaven is near. Does that sound familiar? John the baptizer preached the same thing. When Jesus began his public ministry, he preached the same thing. And really that message boils down to this. Your Savior is here. The one who was promised long ago has come and he is doing everything necessary to work out your eternal salvation. And then there were the miracles that they were to perform. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, drive out demons. And those things sound familiar too, right? Because Jesus was doing all of those things. He was performing all of those miracles. We see that time after time in the Gospels. And all of these miracles really were pointing to Jesus because Jesus is the one who gave them the power to do those miracles. 
Now, Matthew doesn't record what happened when the 12 went out. In the other Gospels, we do see that the 12 went out and, and they did do all of these things. They preached, they performed these miracles. That was quite an amazing experience for these chosen men. Now, the main thing that we're to get from this gospel reading is not that we should expect to do similar miracles or serve our Lord in that specific way in our everyday lives. At the same time, we don't want to think that this passage doesn't really apply to us in any way, so much so that that when we hear Jesus say, pray for workers, we respond by saying, here am I, Lord, Send that guy. Indeed, we do need to continue to pray for workers in the Lord's harvest. We pray that the Lord would cause people to, to be pastors and, and teachers and called workers, to bring that word to places where we can't go. We pray that the Lord would motivate us to speak that life-giving word whenever and to whomever we have the opportunity. Jesus does give us opportunities to serve him by sharing his love and his forgiveness with others. By doing so, he continues to answer his own prayer. Amen.